0: chapter four of kokoro hints and echoes of japanese inner life by Lafcadio hearn this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter three a street singer a woman carrying a shamisen and accompanied by a little boy seven or eight years old came to my house to sing she wore the dress of a peasant and a blue towel tied round her head she was ugly and her natural ugliness had been increased by a cruel attack of smallpox the child carried a bundle of printed ballads neighbors then began to crowd into my front yard mostly young mothers and nurse girls with babies on their backs but old women and men likewise the inkyo of the vicinity also the jinrikisha men came from their stand at the next street corner and presently there was no more room within the gate. The woman sat down on my doorstep, tuned her shamisen, played a bar of accompaniment, and a spell descended upon the people, and they stared at each other in smiling amazement, for out of those ugly, disfigured lips there gushed and rippled a miracle of a voice, young, deep, unutterably touching in its penetrating sweetness. Woman or wood fairy queried a bystander, woman only but a very very great artist the way she handled her instrument might have astounded the most skilful geisha but no such voice had ever been heard from any geisha and no such song she sang as only a peasant can sing with vocal rhythms learned perhaps from the cicada and the wild nightingales and with fractions and semi-fractions and demi-semi-fractions of notes never written down in the musical language of the west and as she sang those who listened began to weep silently i did not distinguish the words but i felt the sorrow and the sweetness and the patience of the life of japan pass with her voice into my heart plaintively seeking for something never there a tenderness invisible seemed to gather and quiver about us and sensations of places and of times forgotten came softly back mingled with feelings ghostlier feelings not of any place or time in living memory. Then I saw that the singer was blind. When the song was finished, we coaxed the woman into the house and questioned her. Once she had been fairly well-to-do and had learned the shamisen when a girl. The little boy was her son. Her husband was paralyzed. Her eyes had been destroyed by smallpox, but she was strong and able to walk great distances. When the child became tired, she would carry him on her back she could support the little one as well as the bedridden husband because whenever she sang the people cried and gave her coppers and food such was her story we gave her some money and a meal and she went away guided by her boy i bought a copy of the ballad which was about a recent double suicide the sorrowful ditty of Tameyone and takejiro composed by tabanaka yone of number fourteen of the fourth ward of Nipponbashi in the south district of the city of osaka it had evidently been printed from a wooden block and there were two little pictures one showed a girl and boy sorrowing together the other a sort of tailpiece represented a writing stand a dying lamp an open letter incense burning in a cup and a vase containing shikimi, that sacred plant used in the buddhist ceremony of making offerings to the dead the queer cursive text looking like shorthand written perpendicularly yielded to translation only lines like these in the first ward of Homachi, in far-famed osaka oh the sorrow of this tale of shinju tamayone aged nineteen to see her was to love her for takejiro the young workman for the time of two lives they exchanged mutual vows oh the sorrow of loving a courtesan on their arms they tattoo a rain-dragon and the character bamboo thinking never of the troubles of life but he cannot pay the fifty-five yen for her freedom oh the anguish of takejiro's heart both then vow to pass away together since never in this world can they become husband and wife trusting to her comrades for incense and for flowers oh the pity of their passing like the dew tamayona takes the wine-cup filled with water only in which those about to die pledge each other oh the tumult of the lovers suicide oh the pity of their lives thrown away in short there was nothing very unusual in the story and nothing at all remarkable in the verse all the wonder of the performance had been in the voice of the woman but long after the singer had gone that voice seemed still to stay making within me a sense of sweetness and of sadness so strange that i could not but try to explain to myself the secret of those magical tones and i thought that which is hereafter set down all song all melody all music means only some evolution of the primitive natural utterance of feeling of that untaught speech of sorrow joy or passion whose words are tones even as other tongues vary so varies this language of tone combinations wherefore melodies which move us deeply have no significance to japanese ears and melodies that touch us not at all make powerful appeal to the emotion of a race whose soul-life differs from our own as blue differs from yellow still what is the reason of the deeper feelings evoked in me an alien by this oriental chant that i could never even learn by this common song of a blind woman of the people surely that in the voice of the singer there were qualities able to make appeal to something larger than the sum of the experience of one race to something wide as human life and ancient as the knowledge of good and evil one summer evening twenty-five years ago in a london park i heard a girl say good-night to somebody passing by nothing but those two little words good-night Who she was I do not know. I never even saw her face, and I never heard that voice again. But still, after the passing of one hundred seasons, the memory of her good night brings a double thrill incomprehensible of pleasure and pain, pain and pleasure doubtless not of me, not of my own existence, but of pre-existences and dead sons. For that which makes the charm of a voice thus heard but once cannot be of this life it is of lives innumerable and forgotten certainly there never have been two voices having precisely the same quality but in the utterance of affection there is a tenderness of timbre common to the myriad million voices of all humanity inherited memory makes familiar to even the newly born the meaning of this tone of caress inherited no doubt likewise our knowledge of the tones of sympathy of grief of pity And so the chant of a blind woman in this city of the Far East may revive in even a Western mind emotion deeper than individual being. Vague, dumb pathos of forgotten sorrows, dim, loving impulses of generations unremembered. The dead die never utterly. They sleep in the darkest cells of tired hearts and busy brains, to be startled at rarest moments only by the echo of some voice that recalls their past. End of chapter 3 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine